Hey there, and welcome to episode 7 of Two Geeks Talk Movies. Seven episodes, my lord, where the hell does time go? (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, John, and with me as always is my co-host, Joe. Hey. Hey Yep, so how are you then? I'm very well. Fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. Yeah. Right then. Tonight's episode is Joe's pick. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Why? (laughs) Why? Why? This is a classic. This is. Oh, this is the best. Well, yeah, it's camp, but yeah, Mm. this is. um, I don't know. I mean, Bette Davis and Joan Crawford tried to kill each other. Is Is that right? Mm. So I suppose that's true. That's very true. Oh, by the way, have you watched the 1991 TV movie remake? Of this? Absolutely not. I have. And, well, actually, while researching for us, I watched it. And it's actually slightly better. It has the Redgrave sisters in it. And it's slightly better, you know. It's... It's an hour, it was half an hour, or sorry, 45 minutes shorter for a start. You know, it's 45 minutes shorter. Ah. So there's that. But I don't know. I mean, it's a bad movie, don't get me wrong, but it's slightly better, I would say, because it's shorter and it's more content what it's doing. Ah, okay. So you don't, let's not forget, I'm one of those where the original had the best and nothing else can compete. Plus, no, that's true. You know, they David and Crawford. Who can top them? I suppose, I suppose. But the main point with the remake is it actually has sisters, playing sisters. Is it Vanessa Redgrave and her sister? Lynn Redgrave? Is that who it is? Anyway, playing sisters and they actually do have like a sistership sort of thing, a kinship. So it sort of adds to it. But yeah, it kind of falls to pieces. It's like, uh, no. I mean, there's none of the venom, none of the menace, none of the the bitchiness of Crawford and, and Davis, you know. So, hmm. yeah, um, see, I think that's why that movie works, though, because oh yes, 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 you yes, know, yes. they two just didn't like each other at all. So yeah. I think if you have actual sisters who, you know, for the most part like and respect each other, then it's not really gonna work. Because let's face it, can you really pretend? Could you really act like you hate someone you kind of respect? I suppose if you're a good enough actress, you mm-hmm. could. Mm-hmm. I suppose when you really, when you, when you need to pretend you hate someone and you hate that person for real, then it's easier. So. Mm. Okay. 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 Although in this TV movie, uh, what the hell's her name? Baby Jane or Jane Hudson is a lot sympathetic, and Blanche is a bit more aggressive and standoffish so there is that i suppose but moving on one thing i'd noticed about this movie is this is based off a book have you read the book i haven't actually i never knew this was a book if it's just a a movie done for bit bit davis and john crawford but yes yeah, it's based off a book mm. anyway let's talk about davis versus crawford and how they two fucking hated each other <laughs> i mean did you do research on these two hating each other Oh god, yeah, it's been. I've I've known it for years. So like, it started in the thirties over a man. Oh, did it? I see. Yeah, cause um, Bette Davis was in a drama called Dangerous in like nineteen thirty-five or something. I think it was. That's it. Mm. And she fell in love with her co-star. Forgive my pronunciation. It's Franchot Tone. I think mm. it is. Mm. 
Okay. Um, but he ended up falling in love and marrying Joan Crawford for a for a bit, which is what started their decade-long hate okay. relationship. Because okay. the research I done, it, it actually said that Davis hated Crawford because Davis worked for her star, whereas Crawford laid her back and spread her legs for her star. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, she thought what. Davis was the, the great actress and she wasn't afraid to go ugly, hence why she walked into her early 80s, I think it was. It was 84 when she, she died. And mm. She walked up to her death, basically. Whereas Crawford sort of fell to pieces after about 60, 55, 60. So there's that. And plus, Crawford was legit insane. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, the one I said, the research I read, and I read this years ago, and then I did a bit earlier today to make sure I was um, right in my remembrance, was that that whole, their whole cackling with all she, she only gets jobs because she sleeps with the producer and things mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm, only yeah. started after, you know, Tone decided he'd rather be with Crawford than Davis. All right, okay, okay, interesting. I mean, I know what, Crawford hated David so much she actually campaigned against her to lose yeah. her second Oscar. I'm like, yeah. what a fucking bitch. In the 1973 Oscar. And then she she went round all the other actresses up for it and said, if you win, can I accept your, uh, your award? Yes. Yeah, if you can't make it. And then she, you know, who was it? Anne Bamford yes. Ended, up, yes. ended up winning the Oscar. And Joan Crawford strolled onto stage to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched that on, on YouTube and I was, I was fucking I, stunned. I watched that about oh, I watched that about an hour and a half ago and thought, oh my god, that mm. is that classic Crawford and um, slightly cringeworthy at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you know this is supposed to have a sequel? By the way, I did. Thankfully, it never it never went ahead. Well, actually. It did go ahead. It's called Hush, 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 Sweet Charlotte. And it came out in 64, I think it was. 64, 65. And it's basically the roles are completely reversed, kind of, where Davis plays the whack job and Crawford played the sort of bitchy out-of-towner sort of thing, coming back to take revenge. And she was replaced. Crawford, that is, she was replaced by another actress. I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head. And all scenes were cut out and refilmed. <laughs> it's like, woof. I did I did so, not know that was even remotely re- related to this movie. No, no, no. Apparently, it was supposed to be a direct connection. Well, not a direct yeah. connection. It was sort of a sort of mm. spiritual sequel. But Crawford was thrown off a set because she was fucking insane. <laughs> so there's that. If you give me a second, I'll look up Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte and I'll tell you who the actress was. The replacement actress was Olivia de ha- Howard. Okay. Ha- Havlid, sorry. Mm. Uh, she replaced her and all her, all her scenes <laughs> were replaced. Oh my God. Apparently she was given a week's notice, so every outfit what she's wearing in that is her own outfit. <laughs> it's like bloody oh hell. Oh, wow. Uh, and Crawford was not too pleased, as you can be his guest, because she was fucking bug nuts insane. Well. Speaking of a bug nuts insane, have you seen Mummy Dearest? Yes, I have. Oh my lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, but even if half of that shit is true, Crawford is beyond fucking bug nuts insane. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Wasn't she a child star, though? So they do kind of go insane by the time they get to. I suppose. Especially in this era, though, they did. Mm-hmm. I think it's because she was 
basically, I'm gorgeous and I'll use my sexuality to get what I want. And when she was older, it sort of fell to pieces because she was getting older and she was losing her looks and she, she basically off the fucking rails and it completely bugged us insane. I mean... But then she wasn't the, the first actress from that era to do that either, to go well, out. that's true. You know, it's just she she was more set, sort of open about doing that, which I think is why people thought she's half a fucking rocker. Mm, mm, yeah, true, true. I mean, what I don't get is, surely the fuck she must have been to doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists and such and uh, done therapy and such, or just, was she just self-medicating and, and drinking and... Probably self-medicating. I mean, mm, mm. anyway, go back to this movie. Let's just dive into Baby Jean then. Starring Betty Davis and John Crawford. (laughs) Directed by Robert Aldrich. The budget, $980,000. And this thing pulled in $9.5 Now, in today's money, that is $8.3 budget-wise. And it pulled in $77.9 million. So that's not too bad. I mean... Although I'm kind of stunned that this was under a million dollar budget because this looks lavish, you know? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, even though it has, what, four sets? Mm. Four sets, that's about it, so... Hmm. And it's got two of the biggest stars of all time, and it? Yes, yes, you know, at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, so the I know plot... that still count as of all time in my book. Oh, that's true, that's very true. Anyway, <clears throat> the plot. Two warring sisters are locked in an old house with each other. One is disabled and the other one is barely sane. One day, a shyster promoter sweet talks a former child star, Jane Hudson, the insane one, and this sparks off hope of fame and the limelight, which she desperately craves. However, her resentful sister, Blanche, who is the one stuck in a wheelchair from an accident years before, wants free from her insane mean sister. Things come to a head when the con man has promised baby Jane Hudson a comeback tour. Can these two warring sisters play nice or will they be carted off in separate cells? <laughs> uh, that's not a bad plot somebody actually. Although I think that's for more for the TV movie than this one, but eh, it fits. <laughs> it, it fits with this one as well, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, both movies are based off the same books, so that's not. Um, so first I want to talk about the poster. It's either a broken doll face or a broken doll face with Davis and Crawford merging into some sort of thing monster. So, which one have you seen? I've seen them all, but Mm. the one for, I watched this on Prime, so the one for um, on Prime is like a merge of all three, sort of like Davis and and then I've got the creepy doll Mm -hmm. that smashed. Um, but I have seen all three. Which one do you prefer, though, if you had to pick a poster that you like for this movie? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think the doll doesn't work because it's the wrong doll than used in the promo mm-hmm. shot and that is in the fucking movie. Um, yeah. The, the two... You know why they used that doll, though? Sorry. No, no, um, no, no. Because the doll from the movie sold out. Oh, did it? Oh, Christ. <laughs> so they don't have enough time or money to produce another one for the poster. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Okay. The one with the two faces merged together, I don't know, it kinda looks too something's off with that one, you know? Mm. Um so if push comes to shove, I would take the crack doll face, that's it. But yeah. Ah, I like the one with the two faces merging into one because it just it just for me it tells the whole story of the movie. Okay then. Okay then. 
Okay. Like I say, it's, it's kind of weird. It doesn't quite match up right, and it's kind of off, and it's like, um, okay then. Okay then. But then so the movie. No, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> that's very true. Speaking of the movie, let's talk about the insane trailer that shows random objects that are unconnected scenes and then show absolutely nothing of the fucking movie. I mean, I swear yeah. to God. It shows you, like, the telephone, the buzzer, the hammer, and it cuts to, like, the staircase and a wheelchair. And it's like, what the fuck? And then it shows you, like, Bette Davis dancing away and has, like, Joe Collins <laughs> springing around the wheelchair. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? And it talks about how Robert Aldrich is the greatest director of all time. You know, that's Hitchcock. And <laughs> it talks about how he's got to do this great mystery and what's going to happen. And it just cuts to black. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I've heard the suspense or thriller to make, to make you go, well, what's that all about? But mm. that literally takes the back of you. You literally watch it. You know what the movie's about. You watch that trailer and you're like, wait, I've seen that movie more times than I mm-hmm. care to recall. Yet I couldn't tell you what this movie's about. From <laughs> <that>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh. I mean, one thing I find interesting about this, this is under a million dollar budget. This feels, as I said earlier, this feels a lot more lush than mm. under a million dollar budget i mean dolls themselves must have cost a fortune to make those creepy ass dolls that we'll talk about later on <laughs> oh yes yeah, so i want to talk about bet davis's makeup because i read she did it herself because she wanted to look as insane as possible however she didn't want a makeup artist anywhere near her in case he or she got a bad reputation for making bet davis look old and decrepit so she done her makeup herself as she says quote Jane Hudson would never bathe or would never remove her makeup, hence why she's got dark red lips and pale pasty white skin. <laughs> because that's days upon days of caked on makeup. I mean, yeah, she yeah. must stink of perfume and bo, you know. Oh, that must be that must have been horrific mm. for mm. anyone that anyone anywhere near her. Well, not in reality, but I'm talking about in movie-wise, yes. Yeah, yes but on, on set, I mean, that must have been, because it just looks awful. Mm. Mm. You know, you go, right, she's got a point, but at the same time, you know. Like, I love the fact that what Davis just throws caution one, just plays this bug nuts insane. I'm guessing what she's supposed to be what, in her 50s or 60s, but she's still in a child mindset. I'm going, wow. I mean, could you imagine somebody... Like, uh, I'm trying to think who's a big actress to date would actually go that ugly just to get a role. I mean, I one thing that comes to mind is Charlize Theron and Monster. But, yeah. You know? Good point, actually. But, yeah, I think this is one of, this has to be, for me, one of the Bette Davis movies that I really like mm. her in. Uh, because, like you say, she just throws all caution to the wind and goes, to hell with it uh, she's insane so i'm gonna make her insane mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean one of my personal favorite davis movies is all about eve mm. where she plays a slightly aging uh stage star getting replaced by her upstart replacement and i just love that that's where the notorious line from uh, comes from the whole um fast your seatbelt it's gonna be a bumpy ride i just ah, love yeah. that movie i mean it's Marilyn Monroe's first movie apparently it is indeed, yes, it is. And have you seen the uh, late sixties Hammer horror called The Nanny? I have. Where she plays the creepy ass nanny. She didn't is fun. Yeah, didn't you buy me a Hammer horror box set that's got that on it? 
I probably did. <laughs> many, many Christmases ago. Yeah, many, many, um, many moons ago. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have it. I have seen it, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, we have Davis in Watcher in the Woods, which is an equally insane witch character. Mm. Um, however, recently, I did watch the last movie, which kind of broke my heart, which was Wicked Stepmother, where she plays an ageing witch who makes a rich man fall in love with her and steal the money and basically kill the, the family sort of thing and she looks old in it she's about 85 I think 84 and wow. this is post stroke so she looks weak and decrepit and her jaws funky she's got her teeth are not sitting right and it's like oh, it is really heartbreaking to watch yeah I've, I've heard a lot about it and uh, because I know it's post-joke and only within a couple of years of her dying, I can't watch it. Mm. It's really just so hard for me to even, you know, consider watching. I'm like, I can't, you know. Mm. Like, mm. Give me the most scariest thing ever produced and directed and I'll, I'd rather watch that than watch Bette Davis's last movie. Just, mm. I, I've been bucket from here till next Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was really... Mm. Sombering watching this movie, I was like, bloody hell, she looks tiny, she looks, de- she looks dead, fragile and, and decrepit, but she still has the sass and she still smoking the fags. I love it. All the cigarettes, she's sitting there puffing with the cigarettes. I'm like, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, let's go back to this movie. Apparently, Davis hated Crawford so much, she had a Coca Cola machine installed on set, as at the time Crawford was married to the head of Pepsi. So, how's that for petty? <laughs> You know. I love that. I read that and laughed so much. And I read that so much I had to go into the next room and say to my sister, Did you know David? And tell and she looked and she was like, Tell me you haven't just found that out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, but that's the most funniest thing I've ever heard. That's so petty. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, apparently great. apparently Crawford's trailer had to be 200 yards away from Bette Davis and it had to be a couple of inches bigger. How's that for yeah. fucking petty? <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> and it gets worse. She had to have her golf cart go faster than Bette Davis. She's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. They were just, they were just, they just out, tried to outdo each other <laughs> on that. But one of the things I read, and no one can decide if it actually happened of an urban legend was that on the in the scene in this movie where um where baby Jane kicked Blanche in the head mm-hmm. Bet Davis really did kick Joan yes. Crawford in the head so badly that she needed stitches and then No 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 it was, it was worse than that she broke her jaw. <laughs> did she? Yes. Ah the one I said said she need, red I said said she needed stitches and then after revenge um Joan Crawford like weighed down our, our um our, wait, basically weighted her costume a bit so mm-hmm, when Bette mm-hmm. Davis had to pull her off screen she like strained and pulled all the muscle in her back and damaged all her back I'm like yes yes I've got that in my notes also yeah yeah I'll bring I'm, it up later I'm like just put them in a boxing ring and tell them to get it over with <laughs> you think how old these two were at that time though and they're still yeah. doing that to each other yeah, well, well. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that apparently Davis was actually more of a nicer person, that she actually went to Crawford's funeral 
and actually ah. wept for her sort of thing. Whereas Crawford's a bit more spiteful, you know, I think. Yeah, David would have died first. I don't think Crawford would have done that. No, no, no. I think Davis is more of a hobby sort of thing, whereas mm. Crawford took it serious and she was vindictive and spiteful. So, Definitely. Eh. Mm. Um. Anyway, let's go back to this movie. Let's talk about the creepy-ass baby Jane doll. And why the fuck was I getting Annabelle from that doll? That doll creeped me the fuck. I'm sorry, that thing's scarier than Annabelle. Mm, yeah, it's the... the yeah. It's that expression. Mm, it looks yes. nothing like the actor playing the young um, baby Jane. So it looks nothing like... Oh, what was that actor? Her name? Julie Allred. No, it does. And it's just creepy. It's just creepy as all hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I don't like the fact that. Oh, I'll get back to it later. There's a bit of my notes I, I put down, but I'll, I'll get back to it later. Anyway, let's talk about the young sisters, Blanche Hudson, which was, who was played by Gina Gillespie, who is jealous of Jane Hudson, aka Baby Jane, who mm. is played by Julie Alred. Ah, she does her best, Shelley Temple. I was getting Shelley Temple, not heavy, with the the dress and the hairstyle. You know? Oh, it just screamed Shirley Temple. Did you know she, she was dubbed. That wasn't Julie Aldridge yes. singing. Yes, yes, yes. I read that. Debbie Button. I'm oh, sure right, right. Okay. Yeah, who did a lot of them in that mm. era. Okay. Oh, Anyone that can't sing is singing. It's more than likely her. Okay then. Okay then. I expect her to go my shit lollipop. You know. <laughs> I mean, it was a blatant rip-off of Shirley Temple. I'm like, what the oh, fuck? Even the Dan moves, obviously. Oh, you know. I just love the seizing rage of Blanche sitting at the wings with the mother as uh, Baby Jane and her father's on stage. I just love the seizing rage. It's like, yeah, it's fucking just, bitch. Yeah. Like, one day I'm going to kill her. Mm, mm. Mm, uh, let's talk about the terrible song, I've written a letter to Daddy. That fucking song is awful. Whoever wrote that, she would take out fucking shots. Exactly. The thing I have would make more sense how the, char- the character baby of Jane and Blanche's father was meant to have passed away, but the guy playing the piano was her father. And she's yes. singing about writing songs to her dad in heaven. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Speaking of which, have you seen Bette Davis was on a TV show? Uh, talk show back in the 60s and to promote this she actually sung the song where, uh, I've written a letter to daddy and my god it is cringeworthy it's like fucking chalkboard and nails it I is so bad oh god google it on youtube it, oh my god it's so fucking bad she's wearing this green dress and she's swinging her arms away I'm going what oh. the fuck <laughs> it is insane oh my goodness <laughs> Uh, it is just, oh my god, it's terrible, but it's geniusly terrible. Yeah, <laughs> she gets away with it because she's Bette Davis. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so on to Baby Jane being a complete little brat outside the theatre as her, quote, friends watch on in shock. This shows you early on she's unstable. Definitely. You know? mm. She's such a, I don't care what they think, I want some ice cream, it'll fuck up your life, it'll suck the joke. I mean, did you catch the, the, the looks that the mother and uh, Blanche give each other? They're like, mm hmm. Oh, they're, they're like, she's at it again. Yeah, yeah. I know. God. I, I, I love all the all the extras, though, playing the. Um, 
The friends, the crowd. On. Yeah, yeah, playing the crowd. That's what they're looking for. Looking on, going, if that was my kid, I was like, <laughs> yeah, if that was my kid, she'd be black and blue. Yeah, that's supposed to be, this is supposed to be 1919, by the way. That kid mm. would get a sucked because of a jaw, you know, for crying out loud. Absolutely. Because um, the movie then fast forward to 1935, and we have a now grown up baby Jane who can act for a shit, apparently, whereas Blanche is a successful movie actress. Mm. Oh, by the way, that movie that is shown where Davis is in it is actually a real movie. It's called Parachute Jumper from 1933. Ah, okay. So that movie with the the, the um, studio director was gone. Cut, she's terrible. This is fucking cut it, cut it, cut. It's actually a real movie. It's a, as I says, parachute jumper. Ah, okay. But I love the fact how the two executives say that Baby Jane is a drunk. She's a mean drunk and a bully on set, and she punched out two cops. <laughs> Plus, she's stinking rich and powerful, which mm. pisses off these two male studio execs. They're going, why can't she be like Blanche? Blanche is perfect. She has all this stuff and this woman can't bear like for shit. I'm going, how about you tell her that then, you fucking idiot? I mean, yeah. you're a studio exec. You yeah, for crying out loud, but... Yeah. yeah, and how did she become so rich and successful then if she can't act and she can't sing? Because she made all her money when she was, you know, a child star on what were meant to be vaudeville at the start mm. of the movie so I, I don't know i mean i had that same question later on in the movie. i've got some in my notes actually later on in the movie how did he afford that big gigantic house how did he afford that car how did he afford the mate how did he afford to keep the thing going how does they still have money coming in because Again, that, ba- baby jane would have baby jane had a career it just wasn't as successful as what Blanche, when she grew up, became a famous actress as well. And she see it excelled at being an adult a- actress and mm. was great at that, whereas Baby Jane was more a child star and was never destined to be an adult actress. So so that's where they made their money and, you know, one in childhood and one in adulthood. Okay. So, you know, they could have easily have afforded that. Okay, okay. Although, um, I'm thinking back to the actual 30s and 40s, and the studios would have most of the money. The actors would get most of the money. So mm-hmm. how did, moving on, that's just me just being realism sort of thing, but it's just a story moving on. One thing I want to talk about is the car crash. How? What? Why? Friends, how the fuck did this put Blanche in the wheelchair? Why was baby Jane not hurt? And what made Jane think she'd over her sister? What the fuck? I know that Blanche is driving the car. If you pause the movie <laughs> just before that that car reaches the driveway, you can see it. Blanche behind the wheel. <laughs> so the impact of that could have easily parry, paralyzed her. Um, that car that was on the movie, we're told that had 1940 or 1941 Lincoln Continental. All right. It's actually a 1946 Lincoln Continental, hmm. but they are. They're, they're not very... If you crash in one of them, you're lucky to just be paralysed. So, <laughs> well, that's true. That's very true. You know, so how, well, I don't get it, but if, if Blanche is behind the wheel going to run over Jane, why was Jane not hurt, you know? Maybe she was, and we just don't know how she was... Maybe she hurt her head, and that's why she's, you know, the way she is. That's why she's now... Maybe if brain damage is making her mentally ill, although I'm not convinced it is. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe she bumped her head or whatever else. Okay, I can But what I don't get is why does Jane blame herself for the accident? Because Jane feels that she <laughs> has to look after Blanche 
Or at some point, must have thought that before resentment took over. And it tells you at the very end that Jade was arrested three days after the after the accident, and yeah. she was taken into post custody, and the police beat a confession out of her and gaslit her. So that's mm-hmm. why she's completely insane because she knows she was innocent. Whereas ah, and she was forced to admit. Okay. She was forced to admit it. So I'm guessing that's what happened. On to the never-ending titles. Eight minutes of titles for fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. I mean, you get shot a title now, mm-hmm. and that's doing something. Yeah, I mean, it cuts to the car, it cuts to the gate, it cuts to the front of the car, it cuts to the doll smashed, it cuts back to the back of the car, it cuts to the exhaust. What the fuck? I mean, coming on with us already? It's like bloody hell. <laughs> Padded much? Oh, I know. And after the excruciatingly long titles, it cuts to 1965, and now adult Jane is played by Bette Davis, and wheelchair-bound Blanche is played by John Crawford. I love the fact that Crawford is supposed to be younger than than Jane uh, than Davis, but Davis looks a lot younger than Crawford because Crawford's fa- uh, got close face shots. Uh, she looks old. Hmm. And Davis has to kick on to make the order look, oh, so I'm going. Yeah. You know? I mean, they should have just made it, you know, Crawford was older because mm. she looks older. And wasn't Crawford older than Bet? No, I don't think she was older than Bet Davis. If she wasn't, yeah, there's like four years of difference between them. And who has it? it was I'm pretty sure it's Crawford that's four years older than Bet Davis. Give me a second, I'll look up Bette Davis. One Davis. of them was born in 1904 and the other one was born in 1908, if I remember rightly. Alright, so Davis is born in 1908. So, yeah, Crawford's older by four years. And they four years were not <laughs> good to her then. <laughs> <laughs> and Joan Crawford was... Oh, she took her, her age off Wikipedia. Oh, well, excuse oh. you, love. Oh, well, never ask a lady her age. Oh, well, we already know Really? 19 old question mark, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God, she was married four times, my God. Yeah, I know. Anyway, back to this movie. Where was I now? Oh, yes, the neighbour girl was Bette Davis's actual daughter, Barbara yeah. Murrow. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realise until I did some research on this. I was like, oh, okay then. Uh, so that... really? They kind of look alike, though. You can you mm. go... Kind of. Mm. Yeah. Although I thought that was um, uh, the Bewitched, I thought it was uh, the first sort of. Ah. She has that sort of bewitched look towards her. Yeah. And the neighbour is Mrs. Bates, played by Anna Lee. Is that connected to Psycho by any chance? Hmm. I was thinking that I was going Mrs. Bates, really. Mm. She needed her daughter to be a son called Norman, and that would have been it, eh? Well, speaking of Norman and the mother, I was getting heavy Norman and mother from the fat shyster and his mother. I was going, Norman Bates, is that you? Hmm. Yep, yep. Which is kind of why when you said you were picking Psycho, I picked this. Not only because as far as psychological um, horror goes, he's, you know, top of the list and I'll fight anyone that says it isn't. <laughs> but uh, go, uh, just, uh, there's just parts of it that make you go, Hold on a minute, female version of Psycho, anyone? Mm, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So we first meet Blanche, she's upstairs in her bedroom. I love the fact that her bedroom's upstairs. She's such a <laughs> bitch, Jane is such a <laughs> bitch to her. Anyway, upstairs mm. watching old movies on 
of hers on TV. Uh, by the way, who who would, as I say, who's still sending her checks for her old movies? Surely it would have been a one and done deal. She wouldn't get any, any royalties off these movies. So, I don't think hmm. you did notice, did you? No, I mean, you didn't. No. They're meant to be set in the. They're meant to be set in. 65? Yeah. No, so, I don't think hmm. you would have done. Hmm. No, no. And so this bucks off Jane's jealous side. And I love the fact she just slams the TV off. It's like, yeah, you're not watching that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like, bitch. I don't want to come out that year as well. Oh, yeah, they didn't have enough money. No, they were pushing the crap out of like, woo, okay. Hmm. Then. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, by the way, the movie that Crawford is watching is Dance Fools Dance, which is from 1931. It's actually her movie. So, I know that. I know that with her Crawford movie. Mm. And I love the fact that Bette Davis looks like a haggard, gin-soaked, mean old bitch who probably <laughs> smells of perfume and B.O., but yep. she just runs with it, you know? She just goes with the fact she's completely fucking insane. She she looks like you you smelled the B.O. and the alcohol, like, before she gets halfway up those Yes, <laughs> yes. She, she looks like she smells of gin, cigarettes, and regret, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and whereas Blanche is perfect, her makeup is perfect, her hair's perfect, her hair, her whole thing is perfect. She's supposed to be got decrepit and could barely do anything for herself, but she's like perfect hair, yeah. perfect makeup. I'm going, who does your makeup? She get the maid. Mm, no, that's true. Uh, but the maid, the maid always comes two two days a week, but uh, so okay. who's yeah, fixing her hair? She paralyzed from the waist down, not the waist up. So I suppose. Well, that's true. Give any woman that's got working arms a set of makeup in the mirror and they'll get it done somehow. Mm, mm. I mean, I love the fact how she has upper body strength, but no end. She just swings around in that little uh, pulley system she has. I'm going, what? The? But you couldn't climb down the stairs correctly, you stupid bitch. But I'll get back to that later on my notes. Like I say, Davis was wasn't afraid to play ugly, whereas mm. Crawford was terrified of aging. So that's why. Davis was a much better actress in my, my opinion than the Crawford was. Crawford suffer from, I can't, I'm not going to pronounce, because uh, I can't pronounce it off the top of my head, my head, but didn't she suffer, like, in real life, didn't she suffer from crippling, like, fear of death? So maybe that's why she, she was even scared to play a role where she had to look physically old on things. I don't know. I, I heard what she was obsessed with being young mm. and looking young constantly. Definitely. Um, so maybe there's that, you know. Because mm. um, Estelle Getty, who was in the Golden Girl, she played the mother. Mm-hmm. She did that same thing. Um, by like season two or season three of that, she went and got a facelift. A facelift, yeah, yeah. I was pissed off with the producers, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and the makeup artist. But mm. she um. But again, she had crippling fear of death so much so that she hated all the death jokes she had to make in Golden Girl. Mm, mm, but she yeah. think, I wonder if she did have that as well, and that that's why she just was didn't want to play or seem on screen to look like older. It could be. It could be. Like I say, is I think Crawford's problems started with the fact she was her age, her looks were aging. And mm. were fading, her looks were fading, basically. And she was getting replaced by younger actresses at the time, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, so there was that. But I love the fact in this movie, look, Blanche's movies on TV has made Jane a drunken bitch. 
and she doesn't like it at all. She's trying to feed a dead rat. I just love that. And she's yeah. the, the dead bird, and she's going, you didn't eat your dentons. I love that line. <laughs> oh, God, that line is so... Uh, that, that line of, like, the movie for me. Mm. Just, I, I I love that line. It's just uh. there's another one which I'll go on to later on, but it makes the movie for me where she goes, "But you are the chair, you are the chair, Blanche." And it's like, oh, you're such. <laughs> yeah, that one exactly. You would be able to talk to me about the treatment the chair. Yeah, yeah, but you are. So I'm going, and yeah, you're going to sit there and take it. Yeah, um, I don't see that. Does that buzzer? That drive Jane insane because that buzzer was driving my fucking nut and I was like, stop with a fucking buzzer. Yeah, it was making me twitch by halfway through. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to disconnect that fucking buzzer. It's a pain in the bloody tits. Uh, on to the maid Elvira, played by Maddie Norman. She mm-hmm. was a professor at UCLA who taught theatre studies. So, there's that. Um, Elvira wants to put Jane in a nut house due to her drinking and reading the fan mail and then throwing it out. It's hardly a case of her fucking psych ward, is it? Because she's having a few drinks. Maybe it's a fucking well, buzzbait. Maybe they're going insane. She's not, well, maybe. She's not just an alcoholic, though. She, I think, personally, she's got narcissistic personality disorder, but mm. she's a bit like borderline personality disorder but not majorly because she definitely as the, as the movie progressed she definitely got delusion of grandeur and her for being more than what she is yes. you know so I think she's got that I think it's been that all along and that damn buzzer hasn't helped her any yeah exactly yeah 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 like I says but as, as it shows when she was a kid Jane wasn't all there in the first place. She was a spoiled brat and she demanded things to be done her way. So, yeah, I'm guessing so. She's very narcissistic from the start. It's like, my Mm. way or no way. Yeah, although I'm saying that, Blanche is a bitch. She has to sell the house under Jane's nose. By the way, could she do that? Because they do say both the names are on the lease. So can she sell that? Yeah, if if Blanche bought it, it doesn't matter Jane, if Blanche bought the actual house, it doesn't matter if Jane, you know, paid everything in it or bought all the furniture in it, then, you know, that's still Blanche's house. She can still tell okay it then. to Andrew. Okay then, okay then, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, by the way, that house used to be Judy Garland's house. Mm. <laughs> or outside the one, of us. The, the one next door. Oh, is it uh, one next door? Or right, right, yeah, okay the, one the, the, the one next door. Hmm. She left okay. there when she was filming Wizard of Oz. All right, yeah, okay. I see I read it somewhere that it was actually the, the Baby Jane house, so... Hmm. I read it was on the same, same sheet, like that. One of them's like 172, whatever it is, another one's like 180. Okay, then, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, then. But it's not that house, it's not at all. Okay, then, but, okay, then. Yeah. That's fair enough, then. So, when Jane is on the phone talking to anybody as Blanche, i.e. to the liquor store, that's actually Crawford talking off camera because Davis couldn't do her voice. Yeah, I read that as well. Like, any time she imitates it, it's just Crawford. Mm. 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 Uh, One thing I found sort of disheartening about this movie is when Jane's sitting at the piano, drunk on scotch, she overhears the doll sing to her. Now, is that her insanity or is there a ghost in that doll? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm I mean, pretty sure it's just her ins- insanity, but yeah, you you do kind of wonder, is it what one is it? But 
Because yeah. they do say like, that's I, her I, original I, doll. Yeah, it's the one the boy gives her on the stage. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could have been um, more like she's, she's, she's drunk and she like reminiscing back and then she just happens to be looking at the doll and it's like she's remembering it all. It could be. Because she touches the doll, and the doll just stops singing. And she takes off the the bone pits in her hair, and I'm going, God, that's really sad. And uh, it gets it gets mm-hmm. worse, but because the overlit overhead shot of, of the overlight rather shot as Jane is in the mirror dancing on his in the studio, and she sees herself looking old, and she becomes like melancholy, and she just breaks mm-hmm. them in tears. I was going. Wow, you know, I mean, Jesus yeah, Christ. Just, I mean, it's it, such a, a sad scene. It just punches you right in the gut, doesn't it? And not in a bad way, it just hits you so hard that it feels like you're jumping punched right in the stomach. It's really it, it's really hard to watch. For me, I would say that the turning point in this movie where it stopped becoming the, you know, camp classic movie that everyone mm. thinks of and become her real psychological horror for me. That moment, that her singing that song, uh, an adult with all these problems and the drinking problem as well. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that for me is when this movie turned really, truly dark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's having this drunken haze and mm. she could take her trip down memory lane. And next minute, she's a silver mirror and she goes, Oh my God, I am she's old. Crying. Yeah. And she just falls down and crumbles. I'm like, Bloody hell. So, yeah. yeah. It's just it's one of those movies, it's one of those scenes where you just you just look at it and you just, you're just dumbfounded. And like, mm-hmm. when, I, for, when I first watched this the other day, or I re watched this the other day for this, I had to pause it at that scene and just look at it for a bit and just think, like, what have I just watched? That is mm. the most heartbreaking and yet hauntingly and strangely beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just... Yeah. I mean, I don't like the fact that Blanche takes joy in the fact that Jane's losing her fucking mind, mm. you know? Uh, because as I say to you, Blanche wants to sell the house because money is tight, quote unquote. Uh, shouldn't have it happened years earlier. Because where the fuck is the money coming from? After all, these sisters haven't worked in 30 years. So where's the money coming from? Mm. You know, I mean, the, the money would have dried up years ago and there wasn't any royalties back in the fucking 60s. Or there barely was any royalties coming in. So, especially if they were if they were stars in the 30s. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. A sort of strange. Yeah, it's a bit of a grey area, I know. Mm, mm. So I love the fact that that Jane cashes checks, she forges checks, <laughs> as was Blanche's signature. Um, and I love the fact she just kicks on the makeup and does all, as she goes out. Every time she goes out, she, she kicks on the makeup and puts on the, puts the beauty, on it, sp- yeah, the, the beauty spot and the dark <laughs> lips and the the hat and the 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 um the fur coat thing. I'm going. And the fucking, what was it, the, the fox? She was kind of, what the fuck? Yeah, the fox round up. The note it reminded me of, you know how if you've ever seen um, any any TV show or even a painting, it shows like, um, even even like Mary Antoinette and things like that, oh. and um, oh. even Queen Elizabeth the first, where they, they, they didn't bathe. There was no such thing as showering or bathing. So yes. they did put fresh makeup and you know clean clothes on and that was enough to make them you know looking 
smell respectable mm-hmm. to other mm-hmm. people. It just reminded me so of that. So it did. It was just. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one thing that annoys me about this movie, but is Blanche is so fucking annoying. Every time Jane leaves, she tries to escape or get the telephone. But there's a rope at the side of the staircase along with the banister. Why don't you use a fucking rope and scoot yourself down the stairs? You know? Yeah, that. I mean, it shows that she's got some power in her life because she, she pulled herself up and with her, you know, she's using her, her, her upper body strength, but she's also using a little bit of leg strength to keep herself up. So that is a grey area in this movie mm. that they should have did something to work with. Um but yeah. I mean, another thing that annoyed me also was she she goes to the window and climbs up the window with a cage in the window, and she goes, "Help me! Shout, yes, you bitch! Shout to get you know, attention!" You know, I mean, like, you you every time you watch it, you're just like scream, scream louder. And it's like if you're this terrified for your life, mm. just. Scream. Yeah, scream louder for God's sake! Oh. Instead of sitting under a, t- a table with a little note. Oh, you're like, come on. Or how about Elvira to help you for crying out loud, you know? I mean, well, Elvira is trying to help her. That's why um, Elvira was helping her arrange to sell the house so she mm. could get a place, and Elvira was going to be a maid there and then find, I imagine, a secure unit for Jane, you know? Yes. So, Avira was helping her, but not helping her to the extent where, you know, going to the police and going, look, I'm the maid for Blanche and Jane Hudson, but mm-hmm. do you know that Jane Hudson, Jane Hudson is um, unfortunately losing her grip on reality, and mm-hmm. Blanche is trapped upstairs because she's in a wheelchair and can't get down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. I mean, like I say, this movie is kind of, it kind of skims the whole mental health thing. Is she just a mean bitch, or is she actually insane? You know? Well, she's mentally ill. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, she has mental health, but the point is, she's drunk, so is she just a heavy drinker, or is she actually ill? Is she yeah, just being a, a mean play bitch? The player I have resentment and the drink has made her like that, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see it as she's mentally ill due to whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, could be drink-related, it could be the, res- the resentment and burden of looking after her sister who she's obviously doesn't like not liked in mm. childhood you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah okay then fair enough fair enough so on to the shots of jane driving around hollywood which is actually pet davis in that fucking huge ass car with a cameraman sitting on a wooden ledge holding yeah. it for dear life fuck that <laughs> what the hell no i mean it actually shows you on a dvd behind the scenes of the guy sitting on a small like Les, they sort of drilled onto the car, holding for fucking dear life as she's driving this fucking huge well, car. Oh, like, no, what no, the no. fuck? Um, oh my god! I love the fact how Jane places an advert in a paper for a manager. Was it a manager or a a helper or what the hell it was? Because Blanche has got fame from her old movies, so she thinks I get my 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 yeah. um, limelight back. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact she's shocked and annoyed at the guy that doesn't know who she, who she is. I never even heard of her. So is that a wake-up call? As she says earlier, she's delusional. She thinks she's still famous. So is yeah. that a wake-up call to her? I would say that is, but 
you know, the ending kind of reveals that it, it still doesn't connect with her, that, you know, she she's not who she once was, and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's just time to sit in front of a night hot fire and, I don't know, knit or something. Like, mm, what, indeed. You know, or drink all that gin, why not? <laughs> yes, all the gin and the and the scotch, and God, else she was drinking, I was like, bloody hell. Mm. Um, I love how she takes it straight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She always I mean, back straight. I, I love gin, right? Could I drink it straight? No. No, no, no. no. I'd need to wax my chest afterward, I think. Jesus Christ. I mean, she, she has, like, scotch, and it's like Johnny Walker, half a bottle, and two ice cubes, <laughs> and that's her, that's her drink. I was like, what the hell? There's no, there's no soda water in it. I'm like, God. Um, so on to the famous line of the movie, where Jane snaps at Blanche after Blanche tries to guilt trip her into feeling sorry for her after the, quote, accident. Mm-hmm. I love... But you are Blanche. You are the chair. I just love that. She's such um, a fucking bitch in that. The menace in her voice just ooh, she's the, out, you know. The look in the eyes, though, mm. you just you just know eighty percent of that is not acting. The look in the mm. eyes says it all. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I just love the the, the menace and the sheer bile yeah. they have for each other. It's just Mm. It's just simming under the surface, sort of thing. Definitely. So on to the con man and his weird ass mother. He is Edwin Flagg, played by Victor Bono. I think I suppose his name. He uh-huh. played King Tut in the Sixty Six Batman TV show. Did he? Yes, he did. He played King Tut. Uh. Uh, and she is Mrs. Flagg, played by Marjorie Bennett. She was a silent film star in Chapel movies. Mhm. So. Mm. Yeah, and she's what, like in a Fowler Chaplin movie. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Yes. Uh, why was I getting Norman Bates and Mrs. Bates from these two? Mm. Before Norman killed her at us? Because think about it. Norman's in the book is described as a fat man who mm. is balding, which this guy is, uh, but short, which guy's not. This guy's quite tall. But he had a female voice. This guy's got a very high-pitched voice. So I'm thinking, Norman yeah. Bates, is that you? <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone has read the Psycho book and if anyone listened to last week's podcast, they mm. will hear you describe exactly how um, Norman Bates is described in the book. Short, mm-hmm. fat, balding, and sounds like a woman. Mm-hmm. Which this guy is, except mm. he's six feet odds and fat. Yeah. You know, so... Mm. Apparently he would eat constantly on set and it would piss off the actors. So I'm not surprised, dude. Mm. God almighty. Anyway, this is his golden chance to get away from his controlling mother by calling Jane of her money, promising her fame, fortune and the limelight, which she desperately craves. I mean, I, I think that's kind of shit. They play in this old woman's fears of, of dying when nobody gives a shit about who the fuck she is and nobody knows yeah. who the hell she is. That's kind of sick. Uh, it's, it's really... It's, it's really sick, you know, it's like, it's like everyone, I, I imagine that everyone feel no matter how old or, or young you are, to just, you know, one day you're, you're gone and, mm. you know, no one remembers your name. And for him to come along and play on that, mm. you know, it's just, even as a character, I find myself just going, you, you and ass, just get off my screen. Mm. Yeah, he was an unlikable character. A completely yeah. unlikable character. Mm. Although I love, and I do mean this, love the fact that Jane is such a bitch to Blanche after she finds out that Blanche is trying to sell the house under her. She feeds yeah. her, what's it? She feeds her, her pet, parakeet. Or pet parakeet, yeah, or pet 
what if it was and feeds on a rat she goes you know we've got rats in the in the cellar <laughs> she feeds on a rat I'm like oh you're such a bitch <laughs> I just love that I mean and she makes yeah. her terrified to eat and she gives her like oh, what's it? a whole rib and she's sitting eating it yeah. and she's going but I'm so hungry Jay give me some food you think you're dindins <laughs> she walks away with it I just love that she's such a bitch oh, uh, uh, don't know uh, Desperate, I'm going, 
can you not see how desperately sad this guy is of the whole shit when he goes oh my car's in the shop I had to put it in for servicing I had to take a taxi here but he actually walked it there yeah. I'm going what the hell can you not see through this Just, I mean even if you are mentally insane you sure what the fuck you see through this but I mean it's just me sometimes the blinkers just come down and you can't see mm. I mean I love the fact when she... sorry no, but uh, just sometimes the blinker come down, you can't see the wood for the the wood from the trees. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, of the fact how she offers him tea, and he goes, "Well, I, I'm English. We love tea," and with the sort of old expression out of his face, I'm going, "You're a fucking complete shyster, arsewipe. You have no fucking sense of of I don't know pity, mm-hmm. you know." Yeah. Um, why do they always make the British the bad one in the movie? Yes. But he's half British, he isn't even British, he's half British. Half British, he, uh, like... Because he did say that his father was a banjo player, and he was famous, but, like, dead. Yeah. And his mother's to blame for this, but they do say later on, his mother was a bit of a tramp, and they have no idea who his father is. So I'm going, you're a complete shyster bullshit artist, then. You're just full yeah, of shit. Making up a fabulous background and things like that, temporary, mm. you know. I mean, I love when you, when you first meet him, he's wearing pyjamas and he's a fat slob scoffing into a sandwich while drinking milk, playing the piano. And later on, he's sitting woven down food constantly. You know, I'm going, is there any scene you're not scoffing your face? Is there anything you're not hungry in? <laughs> yeah, precisely, <laughs> precisely. So Jane drives Flag home and this gives Blanche a chance to look for food because, as I said, it's been up to... Yeah. Like six days or something between mm. getting fed. She also has to get help, but she fills out because she's a fucking idiot. She does, however, find out that Jane's been forging signature, cashing checks, and that pisses her off. So I'm thinking, is this paralysis in your mind? Are you actually crippled, disabled, or is it just in your head? Are you a complete shit? Are you putting this con on Jane for all those years? You know. No, she's definitely crippled. I don't think she would intentionally put herself through that because let's face it, she she's not like her sisters and, you know, they were children. So okay, I think, then. you know, if she could literally get out of that chair and walk and go live somewhere else and move out and whatever and leave her, she really would. Um, so it's not a con. I think it's more a case of, you know, we have to imagine she's been going through this rigmarole with... Jane and the drinking and being trapped up there for upwards of 30 odd years mm. um, before the movie takes place. Okay. So, you know, it could be a case of she, it's all kind of gotten to her. And although she's the stable one and she, you know, Valentine has been, she's the fit one, although she, she, she's in a wheelchair. Um, she is um, almost like wearing her down mentally and she's mm. just resigned to it okay. and resigned herself to like she's going to be like that and every now and then there's like a limit of hope of she's going to get away like selling hoping to sell the house and then leaving the note for the neighbour although Jane came across and found it it's like a limit of hope that maybe and then every time something like that is taken away from her it's like it's like it's like if they could have physically made her character any greater with everything, mm. uh, our hopes are that. So she was getting, 
She looked on nerves. Yeah, but about halfway through the movie, she'd be completely black from head to toe. She'd just be a black shadow. Mm. I mean, she's got a bad nerve. You're supposed to say she was starving for days on end. She had the strength to pull us out of that chair and slide down the banister and get to the telephone and call the doctor. I'm going, you're supposed to be starving, love, and you've got all this power and strength to do this crap. I'm going, "Uh, no, no. But then sometimes people in really desperate situation can, you know, when they feel it now or never, they literally can. It's like mother when you see that they suddenly, you know, do something superhuman to save their child. It's like something's not. So you oh, find people on. like, you know, they think it either now or die. They do, they can muster some energy to do that, you know, thing that's stopping them. And in her case, it's the stairs. Mm, okay then, okay then, fair enough, fair enough then. Let me see this. So, so Blanche calls a doctor for help. This is the psychiatrist, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I'm guessing calls the cops as Jane comes home and slams or sort of catch her on the phone, and then she kicks her on the face and kicks a living shit out of her. As I said earlier, mm-hmm. that kick to the face was actually real and yep. almost broke Crawford's jaw. Yeah. So there's that. Then she kicks a living shout of her. I was going, that's a bit much. Was it 10 kicks from that? Yeah, definitely. God. <laughs> Bloody hell. So later on, Alfreda comes back, but Jane sends her home for good saying she's fucking fired because they don't need her anymore. They're moving to at the beach. But she sneaks back in and Blanche is tied up and beaten up. So Jane returns home and kills off a hammer to the back of the head. That's her dead. Mm. I don't know. So once Elvira is dead, Jane goes off the rails completely. She then begs Blanche for help, but Blanche is too badly beaten. Starvation? What the fuck happened? She gets kicked around, as I said, six to ten times, but she's completely out of it for the the latter 40 minutes of the movie, you know? Well, yeah, she's meant to have kicked her unconscious. Oh, right, okay then. Okay then. Okay then. Uh, so much later on, a drunk Jane is looking through scrapbooks, thinking of the good old days. And this is really deeply sad. She's sitting knocking back the, the the scotch and saying, oh, daddy, I wish you were here. So when did the daddy die? When did the mother die? Sort of thing. Yeah, good point. It's not revealed really how old these are. Like They look like they are at least in their late 40s, early 50s. You know, mm. but, you know, so... They, the parent could have died within 10, at least 20 years of this movie. Mm. At the early, you know, at the latest being died within 10 years, died, or died when they were teenagers. Mm. Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay, then. And Flag comes over yet again to blow some up Jane's ass, but she doesn't let him in because she's killed Elvira and she doesn't want him to see the body. This sends her into deeper depression. And she returns to a little kid crying on the stairs, begging for help. I'm going, she's completely fucking lost it now. She's she's lost all contact with reality. Mm. Now she's reverted back to her eight-year-old self or ten-year-old self. Yeah. And it's really sad, really depressing. It is. It's, it's, it's just heartbreaking to watch. So mm. This whole movie, by the end, always leaves me heartbroken for one reason yes. or another and it is it's just heartbreaking you just see that you know older one great you know star 
reduced to crying on a flight of stairs because she's mentally mm-hmm. ill and she probably doesn't even know what's going on in her own head, mm. you know. So yeah, it's just it's it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And then she sneaks out of the house with Elvira's body in the wheelchair. She's caught by the neighbour, Mrs. Bates, but Jane just tells her, Meh, I'm off for a drive and just drives off into the night. Sure, the neighbour should shouldn't she be suspicious? You know? Yeah, shouldn't she be going into that house and seeing what the hell's going on? Because mm, mm. shouldn't she be going, well, hold on a minute, that's the sister's wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So, Why are you going at X time at night, you know, sort of thing? Yeah, so, exactly. Mm. What's going on? Doing an order about, I know. Mm. Anyway, so next morning, Mrs. Flagg tells her son all about baby Jane and her sister's accident. He doesn't want to listen to her, because of course he doesn't, because he's a fucking shyster. This is a golden chance to this old biddy. Uh, should he have looked her up in the fucking library, who the fuck Baby Jane was? I mean, there's microfiches for crying out loud. He could have looked it up in the library. Definitely. But... Or shouldn't he have told his mother earlier who he was working for? I mean, mm. I love the fact how he's eating several Little boxes of of cornflakes with bananas as he's getting told the backstory. Again, all he's doing is fucking eating in this movie. <laughs> so the police call the house looking for a virus body and Jane lies, but the cops know something is up and has to go and investigate. And this is where Jane runs to Blanche for help and covering up Elvira's death as she's finally snapped, thinking they can live on the beach like the good old days. So she's completely lost touch with reality then. Mm-hmm. She's now the ten-year-old little girl, not the fifty, sixty-year-old woman she is. Yep. Okay then. So Jane tells Blanche the cops beat a confession out of her and called her a liar for several days. Therefore, she was gaslit into thinking she hurt Blanche when it was the other way around. So Jane has lost it big time. She reties Blanche back up to answer the door to the cops, and it's Flag who is drunk. But the cops arrested him, but then leave him with her? What the fuck? Yeah, it's like, why leave him there? Yeah, I mean, it's like late at night. Why the fuck would you leave him with this clearly unstable woman? And he's drunk. Yeah. And the girl and know each other, so I'm going, that's a bad right there. Yeah, it is. It's bad. Um, yeah, and it makes no sense. It's like, you know... It's just bad writing and bad. Someone should have picked up it up in post-production or directing and gone, we don't need this part to get out. Yeah, yeah. And she goes to Blanche, he's my friend. He's my only true friend. You just want him away from me because you're a bitch. And then stops around and ties her back up again. And I'm going, wake up, love. He's a fucking shite. He wants off you his money because his yeah. mother is a quote-unquote hag. So I think he's sucking the life out of him because he's a fucking fat, lazy slob. Definitely. He's just what? looking at you and seeing pound sign, love. Yeah, or dollar signs, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I dollar mean, I love the fact how the mother is actually working. His mother's working. She must be in her what, in her seventies, eighties? And yeah, he's no retirement age in this day. Mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. But he must be what, in his thirties? Mm-hmm. And he's still this fat slob mummy's boy who's too fucking lazy to work and he wants as a, as a cheap, easy job. And I'm going, you're a fucking complete disgrace, mate. But then that's what happens when you spoil a child. They grow up, a spoiled child grows up to be a spoiled, lazy, good-for-nothing adult. Mm, yeah, exactly. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. Helicopter pirating at its worst, you know. Absolutely. Anyway, back to this movie. Jane takes him into the kitchen where they try to have a drink, and he she gives him the original baby Jane doll, but he places it in Blanche's chair and runs around the house. Blanche overhears this, and Jane screams at him to get the fuck out of the house. Flag checks out. Blanche is now tied to the bed, and he runs the fuck out of the house. What the hell was that scene for? I think it was just so it was a way for him to find Blanche and get out of there. But again, it's something that they could have just either rewritten to make more sense mm. or just done away with. Because it adds absolutely nothing to the movie. No, it doesn't. No, no. no. And now we're all alone, Jean has to take Blanche's body down the stairs to the beach to watch the sunset. Or sunrise, rather. This is where, as you said earlier, she had heavy fake boobs, mm. and it strained her getting her out of that bed and across the room and such. And I'm going, you're a complete bitch, Crawford. So you are. I mean, mm. I'm not. I'm sitting there going, well done, Crawford. Get your bloody own back, because she had weights and everything. Uh, mm. She had weights in her mm. pocket and weights sewn into that costume. I'm like, well done. Mm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm more on the side of Jane here because Blanche has manipulated her for decades. She's made her go insane that impressive fucking buzzard going constantly. She made her feel guilty for years and she's tried to sell her house under her nose and put her in a nut house because she's a selfish, nasty bitch. So I'm actually team Jane here, you know. Whereas I'm team Blanche because Blanche grew up with a spoiled brat of a little sister who had done nothing but being a child star and have been the apple of their daddy's eye so much so that you know everything she you know that's the same when Jane is out at the back door screaming about ice cream and she goes Blanche wants one too and Blanche went actually I don't it's fine don't worry and her oh. dad like, what the hell are you himing for now and she's like I can't do right for doing bloody wrong Mm. So no, I I I'm a Blanche. She grew up with a spoiled brat of a little sister who, you know, now in my book, getting exactly what she deserves. I don't know. It's a bit extreme. I mean, thirty years of her blaming her for an accident that she caused herself, well, making yeah. her go insane. It's like uh, you're not as nice a good person as you think you are. Love. I mean. So but not. then again, it plays to the rivalry and the pettiness of the sister and probably the actress as well, because it shows that, you know, yeah, okay, Blanche did it to herself. She was driving that car. She tried to kill Jane, mm-hmm. at least put her in a, in a wheelchair. So, yeah, her fault. But because Jane can't really remember the accident at all, mm. she to Jane, well, you did this to me. It's your fault I'm in this chair. And mm. she makes her feel guilty for something that isn't her. So in a way, that's her payback to when she to when to when she runs back onto the stage when the juggler her on and her mother says to her, Look, when you get older, um, you know, just almost basically find a way to forgive your father and Jane for everything she's done and she'll look and she's going, Don't worry, I won't forget. So that's mm. in a way uh, her revenge for that is to have all the pity and mm. um, um, almost ha-ha, fuck you to Jane. You made my life hell. I'm going to make S- the rest of your life hell. Okay, so do you think that Blanche killed the father? 
no, you know? no, no, even any indication in the to how the dad died. So for all yeah. we know, he might have just died of old age, or you know, what's this the city? He more likely moped himself to death. <laughs> yes, probably did actually. Yeah, 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 true. You true. know, because so, the mother, the mother was all Blanche, and the father was all Jane. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay then, okay then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to this movie. They're at the beach there for hours upon hours and Blanche finally tells Jane the truth that she tried to kill her 30 years earlier not the way around and Jane says to her then we could have been friends all along that it's like wow you actually give your sister for that I would have fucking slapped her because the John told to go and fuck herself and storm away you know um, yeah, there's no way they were, even if that had never happened, there was no way they two were going to grow up to be, you know, best friends. No. Um, no. no, they were. There was so much resentment in Blanche for Jane, you know, be Jane getting all the attention and Jane getting all, all, all her dad attention. So, mm. you know, at the very, if, if they hadn't have ended up in this situation, they'd have just found themselves living in completely different part of the country and not speaking to each other. Mm, indeed, yeah, yeah. So it's later that that day, the cop shop to take Jane away as Blanche is dead on the beach. Did Jane kill Blanche or did she just die of her injuries and starvation? Yeah, it's never actually revealed what uh, Blanche's fate is, but I think, my personal opinion, uh, Blanche is definitely dead by the end of the movie. But I'm on the fence. I can't. I cannot decide if Jane, because Jane's completely gone by this point. It's not mm. even Jane anymore. It's this delusional nine-year-old child. It's with baby Jane. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not even sure if, if I a hundred percent am convinced that baby Jane has actually killed Blanche. It, after hearing well, actually, that he might me and this year's my fault, not you. I don't mm. know if that's been enough for her to kill her sister, mm. or if, like you say, Blanche has just died of her injury and starvation. Mm. Because Jane does leave her alone to get an ice cream or something like that, and she goes back mm. to feed her ice cream, but she's dead in her arms. I'm going, oh, Karen, did she die of sunstroke or starvation or the injuries or the combination of all? all these things together because they're exposing the sun and she's lying on the beach although yeah. in saying that before she she dies she just say to her i was one that tried to run you over da, 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 da. and she lifts herself up and i'm thinking is she actually paralyzed from her leg because she lifts herself up and she sits upright i'm going there's no way somebody who's paralyzed could sit upright like that so yeah well some people uh, are paralyzed depends where they're paralyzed from if it's not the spine and it's just a hip downward then they can sort of sit up. I imagine it'd be sort of hell, but hmm. well, they can sort of sit, sit up, you know? Okay then, okay then, fair enough then, fair enough. So I love the fact that Davis said Crawford was so fucking vain that she wore fake boobs, saying the final pair on the beach were £10 each and felt like <laughs> two footballs under, under the, the dress. So... <laughs> Anyway, let's wrap this thing up, shall we? So that was whatever, whatever, again, whatever happened to Baby Jane's fucking mouthful. Mm. Incredibly slow and way too padded. 
And I felt sorry for Jane because it's Blanche's fault. She's completely insane. She gaslit her into thinking she put her in that chair. She blamed herself for decades, therefore made herself go insane. And Blanche's constantly pressing that fucking buzzer made her go even worse. And then the jealousy tipped over the, the top and she went completely insane. Then there's the murders, of course. Mm. So what do you see? I am completely uh, team Blanche on this movie. I think Jane got everything she deserved and nothing, uh, a perfect indication of nothing good comes from a boiled brat. Okay, uh, it's like I said before, this movie always leaves me feeling heartbroken by the end. And, I, you know, I'm always heartbroken for Jane. You know, she did lose a successful career and then she lost her mind to go with it, you know, so it, it's hard, and it, you know, if you're sentimental enough, watch it with tissue, but I'm always heartbroken for Blanche, you know, she crapped and lonely and scared in this house with a, an unstable sister, and, and you know, the minute she takes away the, the phone and kills the man, she's got no way of getting help, mm. um, and you know, you just feel so heartbroken and sorry for these two sisters but due to various reasons throughout their life they found themselves enemies mm, which yeah. to me uh, played perfectly because as a uh, common knowledge the two lead actresses were enemies in real life they hated each other mm-hmm. um, and that bitterness and loathing and that is just it makes this movie the way it is personally if, this, if these if either of these um, two actresses weren't in this movie, if uh, Robert Aldridge had said to him, right, bet, um, bet you're going to be working with Joan Crawford, and she would have said, absolutely no way, I'd rather shave my hair bald, <laughs> shave my hair bald and walk down the street naked, um, and refuse to do it, then I don't think this movie would have worked with anyone else. She, why I've never seen the 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 one you were talking about earlier the tv drama i just for me it just won't work there mm. has been her view and these two people that hate each other to play two people who hate each other that work perfectly mm. um, yeah. yeah so for me that's why it's one of hollywood's greatest gothic grotesquery yeah yeah apparently this kicked off a thing called hagsploration movies so there's that. Although yeah. in saying that, if I was you, I would strongly suggest you watch the 1991 TV movie remake. It's on, I was on Prime. It's an hour and a half and it just breezes on. Whereas this thing I think is 20 minutes too long. This could have been cut by just a teeny bit here and there. But yeah, this is no yeah. doubt is a classic. Mm-hmm. But it feels kind of padded and slightly bloated to me. Yeah, there's definitely parts they could have um, took it, taken out. But at the same time, I left this movie with at least an, an extra half an hour long. I want to find out, you know, for definite what happened to Jane afterwards. Did she go to an asylum? Did she go, you know? Mm. What happened but, to her father? You know, uh, what exactly, happened to the mother? And absolutely. Who, actually, who actually bought the house? Because Jane does say, I bought the house for dad, or daddy bought the house for me, and you mm. moved in with me. And Brian goes, no, 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 I bought the house, and you were in with me. But then so, the, two, the two movie uh, executives that are 
saying at the start that baby that baby Jane can act for sure as an adult. We're saying that Blanche bought that house for them. Like oh, she bought the house and she bought the car. Almost for them to live in together. But can I just say for this apparently being a mansion, it feels very claustrophobic. All we ever see is um, those two bedrooms, that hallway, that kitchen, and that goddamn staircase that dominate everything it's in, to me personally. Yeah, well, and, and of course the dance studio. Sort yeah. Mm. Or the piano, remember how that was? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very true. For a for a gigantic house, it's got, what, what five rooms I'm going? What the fuck's yeah. the rest of the house? Exactly. With the umpteen bathrooms that is, mm. uh, you know, the, the umpteen different studies that it should surely have and the nine, the, the, at least the seven other bedrooms, mm. you mm. know, that they're truly a mansion. I love the fact how the, the paint is, cro- is peeling off the walls and it looks decrepit, it's falling to pieces and it's all late 40s and 50s furniture. There's mm-hmm. nothing about this, this place is brand new. So there's yeah. nothing been done since before Blanche's accident, you know? Um, I Yeah, exactly. I have it's not been decorated since the day they moved in. Mm. 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 Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's score this thing. One is complete utter shit, and five is fantastic. I'm going to give this thing a potentially controversial three. So what would you give it? <laughs> I am giving the Five. There's just there's just something perfect about the simplicity of this movie. Hmm. Okay. Okay. To me, as I says, it's a bit too long, and I get it. Jane's insane, and Blanche is weak, but she's a conniving bitch. I mean, how long has she been conniving behind Jane's back with the Avira the maid? You know. Mm, I mean, yes, Jane's an alcoholic, and she's a bit of a delusional person, but. Is she actually insane, or is it just a drink, you know? But then the drink can send you completely off the trust. Well, that's true. That's very true. I grew up with an alcoholic father. I can speak from experience. I can send you almost an asylum. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Mm -hmm. But it just seems to me that Blanche has been a bit too manipulative to Elvira. Uh, And here she has twice or three times a week. But is Baby Jane, because Baby Jane's everything, she feeds her, she, I'm guessing, bathes her, she does all her stuff, you know, so... Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing she helps her to the uh, bathroom. Mm. Yeah, by the way, what is the bathroom in this house? There's, there's no toilet in this house. Again, who yeah. knows, for a mansion, it's very claustrophobic. Mm. And she didn't have had, uh, uh, um, what do you call the things, the seats on the stairs? Which called the things are stairmasters thing? Yeah, were they thing in the sixties? I have no idea. Are they not a fairly modern invention? Mm. Okay, okay. Within uh, the last twenty years or so, I don't think you got. Can that wouldn't there have been some sort of equivalent? Because not, ev- I mean, they are they are older and rich, so they could have afforded a flat down house, but not everyone could have afforded a completely label house. Mm. You know. Mm. That's very true. That's very, very true. I'm actually going to Google... Of the stairlifts in the city? Stairlifts. Let mm. me see. Well, this is exciting podcasting here. 1920. 
was the very first stair lift. So this could have had a stair lift in it then. So then that either leads me to the question of they bought this after the accident. And no, 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 they bought that before the accident. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I was going to say. Neither bought that before the accident and just didn't put a stair lift in. Mm-hmm. Or after the accident, Jane has deliberately said to Blanche, either out of guilt or out of manipulation, mm. stay up, we'll mm. put a buzzer in and I'll do everything for you and we'll get you a maid. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. That's, well, that's very fair enough. Um, anyway, let's wrap this thing up then. Right, so thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at 2GeeksPod. Also on Instagram at 2 Geeks Talk Movies and now on Facebook, 2 Geeks Talk Movies. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and you can follow Joe on 2 Geeks Joanne. Okay then. Our Ooh. next podcast is our Halloween special, the fan voted for Tales of Halloween, which will be out on Halloween night itself. Uh, bye. Bye.